0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you might be in the world today and at this time, I welcome you to, wow, what a show. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night knowledge. The law of the Lord is perfect, making wise the simple. I think that is worth noting, that his law is the law that brings wisdom. We are in a series titled Apples of Gold, and we are reading through the Proverbs, the wisdom that God imparted to Solomon, and Solomon imparts to his son. And because it is the voice of God to all... We are all the benefactors of this amazing word. I apologize for being so late that greetings, greetings, Sister Reem. I am very late because, of course, um, I just have a schedule that is uh, too crazy and I am not wise enough. I want you to know it is a matter of wisdom to make a a right um, schedule and, and announce it thus on tuesday nights i do have this um what do you call it choir practice i don't sing but i assist and um in so doing i have to be there and i i go in saying that i have to leave at eight fifteen, and nobody hears me so i end up having to put things away but that's my problem and it is a, a an issue for me to settle with the Lord because it is a matter of wisdom and I just thank you for being patient we are tonight reading from Proverbs chapter 12 as we did this morning and it was not a bad read so I will take the lead and I will go forth uh, in the reading just as soon as I kind of can get it together Oh <laughs> greetings light touch also enter the studio bless your bones you waited up for me I appreciate that very much. and I was trying to send out a few uh, sharings to family members, et cetera. But I guess I can't do that. I can't juggle all that. So I'm going to read from chapter 12. And um, if there's anyone in the studio audience who would like to read, please, by all means, send that invitation and I will bring you up so you can help. But chapter 12 says, The wise and the foolish contrasting. It is a contrasting. Remember, too, uh, we uh, uh, acknowledged the fact this morning that the uh, proverbs are written, not sort of like some of the adages or proverbs that we've learned here, like an apple of the day keeps the doctor away. No, more uh, in, in contrasting uh, equality, so to speak. So on one side, you will get that which is good, and on the opposite side you get the whole statement of that which is not good. And let's pay attention to that a little bit as we read. So it reads here, whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. And you know what? Instead of just reading it straight through, why don't we just do this? Take one verse at a time, read it and go on, a a person who does not like to be instructed The Bible calls him brutish. Brutish really does mean stupid, like a brute, you know, and they will, uh, these people will respond in a brutish manner. Uh, So if you give reproof to someone and they don't like it, they will respond quickly and be almost in anger, right? They they don't want to hear it. Um, So the opposite of loving instruction and loving knowledge is this brutish condition, stupidity, absolutely stupidity. Somebody once told me that the stupid man uh, knows what's right and rejects it, you know? So maybe that's what is meant here. Number two, verse two, a good man obtains favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will be condemned, of course, because God does indeed have a, a righteous requirement. And so if he indeed has a law, now, Jesus Christ fulfilled it and we really don't have to live by the memorized law and all these behaviors that purport to have righteousness in them. No, God has written now his law on our hearts and our responses to him are out of a, uh, a changed a transformed mind and a heart that is malleable so that God himself is able to fix us. Now, Freshen Spaces is in the studio and she was going to, it's my fault, I didn't send her long enough, uh, Freshen, if I invite you to come in and read, will you come in and read? I'm going to send you that invitation right now. And there we have it. So, and I'll keep going uh, until she comes. So that man, uh, a man then who whose heart is changed and whose heart is after the Lord, he's going to get favor because God rewards the righteous. He does with his kindness. He rewards us with his peace. He rewards us with goodness and the hope of everlasting life. Not only the hope, but almost the assurance of it. And verse three says, a man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. That's kind of in keeping with with verse two. You know, by um, wickedness doesn't give you rooting and a legacy. It it's really like the chaff, which the wind bloweth blow away. So says uh, uh, Psalm one. So. There is no root there. There is no continued legacy. There's no good memory. There is nothing that is established that will uh, hold its place in not in this life. And certainly it will not be an assurance in the next life. So uh, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh a shame as rottenness in his bones. Isn't that something? Think about it. If you have someone that you really love on your, on your side there, and you're walking with them and they are not virtuous. How many women, of course, have been embarrassed and betrayed by wicked men? And how many men, I don't know, but because I'm a woman, I tend to think more, more. Uh, women have been embarrassed by those wretched men that men by women but I could be wrong because here Solomon had a good experience with a lot of women and therefore but virtue virtue what is virtue it is the quality of the characteristic or the the changed heart of those things which are truthful and and uh, honest and can be depended upon and has there's grace in it. Anna did a great job when she talked to us about uh, the woman of grace who, who she finds favor, right? The beauty of a virtuous woman, one who is um, uh, loyal and willing to be the wife of her husband. You know, Abigail in, in the uh, what one of the books, the Chronicles, I think it's Chronicles. It might also be in Kings. But when David was running from Saul, he went up to the farm, they are the estate of uh, Abigail's husband. I forget his name right now. Oh, gosh, I know his name. But anyway, he asked for food and that evil old man wouldn't give it to him. Right. And the wife, Abigail, intervened and she went up and bought them what they needed. And um, that was a virtuous woman because she recognized that something different was going on, but she entertained a stranger as God always tells us to do. And she gave to them what, uh, I want to call him Nadab. but I don't think it was Nadab. Nonetheless, he died. He died. He really did. And uh, was suddenly and I, he was out of the way. And Abigail of what she became the wife of David. David took her and took care of her all the rest of her days. I am assuming. Good evening. Uh, Tony, like verse 4, that's the kind of woman I'd like to be to my husband. I'd like him to be at ease with me, be proud that I'm his wife. I'd like to be his wife, not his girlfriend. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to be the wife. And whatever the duties that you and your husband agree on in this contemporary world, those duties were kind of set and, you know, they were spelled out really and truly. We as women still walk with that I do. My mother was a virtuous woman. My mother was in the home. She kept the house clean. She prepared every meal. She was um, there at the side of my husband. I mean, her husband, my dad, and he knew he could depend on who she was as his wife. That's what we want to be women always virtuous and i tell you that you know some men try to talk to you even after you're married and they want to allure you off right and even if you get angry with your husband i told him you you don't ever have to worry about me ever uh, and i know i i think he knows that no and i would tell a man you you don't want that to happen because you see you would never trust me and I certainly wouldn't be trusting you, you know what I mean? So we, we have to recognize our value, our worth, and our beauty, our virtuosity, and be steadfast in it no matter what happens. We do not change. And this word is a good one because you make your husband ashamed if you do and you're like rottenness in his bones. I would hate to be rottenness in anybody's bones, let alone the person that I have pledged my, my love to and my loyalty to. Uh, in the sight of God. So number five says the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. Okay. Repetition of idea, thought and principle here. Righteousness delivers right thoughts. And if we're not thinking right, we always try those thoughts to see if they be from the Lord. When you're in confusion about that, make sure that the thoughts that are coming through your mind are thoughts of righteousness. And we can do that simply by just running it past, let the the measure of God's word be that which we determine as our rightness, okay? Um, The thoughts, uh, number six, the words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood but the mouth of the upright shall deliver him." Now this is almost to me a repeat of verse five because verse five ends with the counsels of the wicked. Listen guys, I'm going to tell you, when you know that somebody is not righteous, when you actually know them, you you have observed and you see their particular way of responding to things and how they devise their little plans of action, uh, and then you sit down and take counsel from them. That, that is to your detriment. You never want to do that, right? You can smile and be kind and the whole nine, but you don't do not walk in their counsel because their counsel is deceitful and deceit is a lie. And the lie is out of not God's heart, but the devices and plans of the wicked one against us. And Number seven says the wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. Isn't this wonderful? No legacy for the wicked. Nothing. You know, you could build a, a, what is it? A, uh, A family, right? A towering family and have wealth and riches in the world. But because it is out of wickedness, wicked people don't know how, they don't have a heart to do those things which calls for A solid house to stand. And by the house, I do believe that the Lord is saying legacy and a continued blessing on the offspring. That house will fall. But the house of the righteous will have no end. It will stand always. Thank you, Jesus. Make our homes, Lord. Make our let us build our houses according to your way, so that, Lord, forever and always, if you should tarry our offspring will will live in the light of that righteous legacy. Uh, man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. Just think about it. Yeah, a perverse heart shows. That perverse heart is really on display. Just like the deeds of the righteous define them, the perverseness of the wicked man also defines him. And it is obvious. We are living in times where we see this happening all the time. While people, you know, ways up, they have fame and they have fortune or they have power and clout, but they are guilty of perversions and and by perversions, I mean, wicked deeds. And when those things come out, it is very, very recognizable. You cannot hide behind it. And verse nine says, he that is despised and has a servant is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. Isn't that something? You you are so self-centered and so self-righteous and so self-focused, right? And so prideful, I, I call that pride. You're worse off than a person whose servant doesn't like him. You're worse off than that, right? Contemplate these and, and think on the matters a, in a personal way. See if we are those people who think like that. So verse 10 says, um, a righteous man regards the life of his beast but the tender mercies of the wicked are even cruel. So just think about it. A righteous man would treat his animals right. Uh, You know, you don't mistreat your dog, you don't mistreat your cat. Like some people you see walking around with these animals and they are making them fight and they are like, you know, just treating them rough so that the animal becomes mean and vicious and all that. That is not good, that's not righteous, right? You you don't wanna be that person, nor do you want to neglect the care of an animal in your care. So a righteous man does regard the life of his beast. And let me tell you, the beef and all this stuff that we eat, Temple Grandin, who is an autistic woman, did the research and found out that animals should be treated treated very kindly before they go to slaughter. it has something to do with the quality and the nourishment that comes out of the meat that is then prepared. You don't treat an animal wrong and the Bible of the Old Testament law had provisions for how animals should be treated. We look at them you know i took biology we had to dissect the frog and they well the instructor was telling us to put pins in his head and saying no way i cannot do that i cannot do that of course somebody did and i did dissect the frog but she kept saying but they can't feel it they can feel i'm saying but when we hit him he acts like he can feel it I can't bear that. That's just not something I can do. It's hard for me to kill an ant. Lord, have mercy. And when I do finally kill a bug that I might find in my house, spider or something, I say, I said, Lord, please forgive me. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this, right? Because for me to crush a small animal, I can feel that in, inside myself. And I don't believe we ought to let them live with us. I don't. And if the only way we can get rid of them is to get rid of them, I think we should do it in a cruel, and I mean, in non-cruel, and a very humane way. And I may be wrong. Write me some notes out there and let me know what you're thinking on that, please, because I, I do have a problem with that. Help me out. So, uh, he that tills the land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. I'm telling you, child. Listen. Uh, One of the one of the penalties for the fall of man is that he would have to work till the soil and to bring forth his own food, right? And you are going to have to fight the thorns and the thistles, you know, and you have to weed it. And Sister Reams, you know exactly what I'm talking about, because to get those beautiful flowers to grow, you have to keep those weeds out of the way. So you have to keep on working with it, keep on working with it. So when we till the soil, right, there is the benefit of a harvest. No matter the harvest, there is the benefit of the harvest, the beauty of the harvest. But uh, it, the, the the contrast in that is to follow vain persons. This is a lack of understanding. And I, in this, I'm not quite sure what, what it means. Good evening, Tony, Tony, Tony. I thought you were in already, so you went out and came back. God bless you. I'm so glad that you are here. And right Please make comments tonight because I feel, um, you know, that I may not be doing the best job of this, but, and it's because I'm rushing, right? Um, But God, thank you, Jesus, for your help. Father, we need your help when we're reading your word. There is no other way than to have the Holy Spirit. Ah, Okay. And the same with a lot of ours, we're going in and out of this network stuff, right, the cyberspace, and it's cloudy here and a little thunder coming, we're supposed to have a storm. So that always is an affect when we're talking about cyber communications, but God is going, (laughs) thanks, here we go, on to verse 13. A wicked person is snared by the transgression of his own lips. Oh my goodness, this one really turned me on this morning. But this, the just shall uh, come out of trouble. But the just shall come out of trouble. Listen, you know it's amazing, right? Wicked people. I, I have worked with a lot of different people from all walks of life, and the one thing that I always marvel, I marvel at, is when people think they're being slick. They actually think you cannot see it. And I used to say, come on, you are, uh, you know, you're speaking loud and clear. I know what you're up to. Now, I'm not going to embarrass you. You know, I try not to embarrass people if I can help myself. Right. if, if they, But that slick thing, I just slide on by the other side. It's not because I'm smart, but because we know each other after the spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us discernment. But even if you don't kind of have, you know, the Holy Spirit in your life like that, really and truly some things speak aloud. And the wicked person is talking out of their own heart condition. And so they're speaking things that are according to that heart condition. So you have a wicked heart, your words and your lips will will speak that wickedness and ensnare you in ways that you never intended to happen. See, because you're not slick and you're not smart and you're not wise. You're simply operating in the devices of the enemy who's trying to destroy you anyway. So why would he help you to uh, speak those words that would be deliverance uh, to your to your life? He wouldn't. The just, you see, he, the just man comes out of trouble. Because there is a discretion, you're careful, and the issues of your heart are transformed by the wisdom and the word and the and the way the love of God. That's that's good to to contemplate. So a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of man's hands shall be rendered unto him. This is just you know some of this is very much the same. So even the one who tills, right? He's going to, he's going to, he's going to get, but here the man that um, is satisfied with a good, uh, it gets, I'm sorry, a man shall be satisfied with good recompense by the fruit of his mouth and the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered to him. So what things you do are coming back to you. There's a little song or catch a little phrase, the good that you do. If I could sing, I'd just swoon on into that. The good that you do will come on home to you, and that's the truth. And so will the bad. Right. Everything that we put out, it has a, a return on it. And this is miraculous. Um the, the miracle is that we are made in the image of God. And believe it or not, the same way. God uh, has the creative power of of his spoken word, so do we. And so when you are in an evil place and producing that which is not good, it pays you a recompense. You're creating your own downfall. Lord, have mercy on us. God, make us straight. Please, Lord, in Jesus' name. That's right. We reap what we sow and the bible tells us to be not deceived god cannot be mocked whatsoever things you uh, sow those things shall you also reap that is the word thank you <clears throat> sister Rema, i almost quoted it but i'm glad you put it up there so the way of a fool is right in his own eyes see i'm right about everything i i know what i'm doing you don't have to show me i know it. i got it this is think that's the way of a fool but he that hearkens unto counsel is wise so i told the the a little you know i i gave a little insight into the relationships that um that i have you know you're with people that you trust love you know they love the lord and uh when you're in a dilemma Every dilemma you don't take to other people, you take out your, every dilemma to God, but that counsel will put you back on track if you happen to fall off. And if you're with people who are of the Lord and in in Christ and they see you take a wrong step, they're not going to rest until they have um, warned you, at least warned you and try to draw you back. And if you are wise, you will you will receive that counsel and if you don't believe what they're saying ask the lord if they're right you see what i mean just check yourself all the time check yourself by god's word and um a fool's wrath is presently known but the prudent man covers every shame yeah you know the things that a fool <laughs> quick 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 like yeah like i said we can discern this wrong stuff and, uh, but prudence is, is how is the love of God covering a multitude of sins, if we can, if we can. But a fool's wrath is presently known, that means now in the immediate present known. There is he that speaketh like the piercings of a sword but the tongue of the wise is good health. And uh, Light Touch wrote this morning, such a nice, uh, it was a beautiful thing. She said that kind words heal. They literally heal, right? And e- evil words can can actually hurt and maim. That's right. Young children, I told the time, I of the, the day I, I met this, you know, I was in the store and this man was with his little child. His little child couldn't have been two feet high, and the man cursed that child so t- horribly, I was in absolute shock. I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and I wanted to say something, but it was like I was frozen, and I couldn't think the Lord was really helping me. Because if I had spoken to that man, he probably would have turned around and not only cursed me equally hard. If he didn't have respect for the child, why would he have respect for someone? Who is much taller than that child. And he might even have hit me because the anger in certain people is like, oh, death itself. They are they have no restraints, you know, there's no boundary there. And uh the the only thing that one could do to help them really in a moment probably <laughs> is to tie them up and then make them hear you (laughs) if you would be so bold. I'm not that bold. But anyway, there is he that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. That's what I think that poor little baby felt. Those evil words, one after another, piercing into this little child's lack of understanding. Anything. That baby can only respond to the the uh the, the sensitivities that you share with him, he can only respond to what he is. You're gonna make him feel like because he doesn't have the mental capacity yet to you know kind of weed out some things, and that is where that child was sitting. And I I I believe I hope and trust the God that I prayed for that child that day. I hope I prayed. And I hope and, and believe that if I did, God will hear. You know, I pray for a lot of things and a lot of times and hard for me to remember, so I can't say that I did, but I do know it was an astounding moment in my daily experiences, one I shall never forget. And I pray that the Lord has delivered that child from the trauma of being with someone like that. We have to remember that our words can build up or tear down, absolutely, words can destroy and see it depends on when they're spoken it's a clear mark of a fool says ring that's right uh you 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 just can't do what you do want to do and say what you want to say as a mother i have gone back over my uh time with my children and so repented of many days when i know i was not i just didn't say it right you know i didn't do it right my love in my early years was out of real fear i love my children i love my sisters and brothers so much that I I thought I would do anything to keep them from um, you know going down the wrong path and that meant saying anything because what else could I do well I you know I would take them to this and that and all that stuff so trying to make sure that they they had some other uh, distractions in life that were not so detrimental but along with that came the fear and the fear is dead straight wrong when you are speaking out of fear there is no trust in God you know, you think you have to do it. That's what I thought. I had to do it. But the Lord, he corrected me, and I'm so grateful that he did. Now the kindness of the and the, of the love of God when I share, that is before me, and it does not offend, or if it does, it isn't the way I said it. It is the truth that then may become offense to a person who does not want to hear it. I can only share with you what I have myself. Uh, been delivered from and experienced and the goodness that God has shown me the lip of truth isn't this wonderful shall be established forever the lip of truth to be known forever in eternity this is eternity forever is eternal right which means God will has has um, has his ear on or to to our very lips. He knows every word. And it's written in the gospel, Jesus says, by your words, you shall be justified. And by your words, you shall be condemned. It is imperative that we begin to speak words of life and love and hope and chastisement for sure because that is contained in love and mercy, but not words of condemnation or vowel words that pierce through another person's heart nor those words that expose a one to shame, if we can help it. Love covers, love always covers. In the talk that I did on uh, Let's Talk Love, we talked about forming a new vocabulary. If you never say the word love, but your actions are rooted in what love truly is, then you will show love, whether you speak the word or not. People tell you, I love you, or they, they, you know, we talk to each other, we say, love you, love you. Oh my goodness, but then the next turn, if you say something that is offensive to me, or do something, I don't love you anymore. That's not even love at all. If we think about love containing preparation, receiving, committed uh, actions that uh, uplift and forward your life, right? Things that will make for the best that I can give to you. This is love. So in in considering your love for others, consider that you got to go a mile to make that love uh, true. You have to do what Jesus Christ did to make the love true. He so loved that he gave, and the giving was sacrificial, and the giving gave even more. The cross, the ultimate, and then conquering the death that held us in bondage through fear. God is amazing, and this is is where we're going. Whether we want to get there or not, if you're in Christ, That's where you're going. That's right. Words can build up or tear down. Agreed, Sister Light Touch. Our words can be like a tart lemon or lime. And kind words can be like a red, juicy apple. I tell you, a word fitly spoken is like that red, juicy apple, but that in the weight of gold. Absolutely. Words establish. And what you establish with those words has an eternal... an eternal uh, rendering. They never go away. So I woke up one morning, I told you, and I woke up saying, Father, crucify my words. All through the night I had been, I don't know, wrestling with that. I really don't, you know, I don't have a remembrance of dreams. But for some reason I was focused on words out of my mouth and I asked God to, to crucify, please don't let them live. Please don't let these negative words that I've spoken before, please don't let them live. Because, you see, they do live. I don't know if you ever heard the story of the astronaut, the Russian astronaut. No, no, they were American astronauts, I'm sorry, who were out in space. And uh, they got a message that from Earth, you know, from the folks down here who were guiding them. We are piping in. uh, uh, No, 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 they didn't know. They didn't get the message. They heard a radio broadcast. They started just hearing a random radio broadcast. They wired back. To Earth, the, the control station down here uh, at, at Cape Renauer and said, "Who sent us this uh, broadcast? We, you know, we're, we're glad you we did it. It, it was from like 1940 or somewhere, way back in the century. And they said we never, we never even sent you that, right? But they picked it up. right, Because those were the, that broadcast is out there, living with all the broadcasts that are out there, they just happened to pick up on that one. Isn't that amazing?" That's something. So we have to be we have to be mindful. We have to be mindful. Um there shall be no evil. There shall no evil happen to the just. Um, but the wicked, the wicked shall be filled with mischief. That's right. (laughs) There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. God is our protector, he commands the host of heaven and those who fear the Lord, they says the angelic host encamps round about him. And though we might actually have to endure some, I don't know, some something maybe, you know, we've gone through some things that have been hurled at us by evil men, I'm sure, evil people, but the Lord protects us and he delivers us out of every, uh, uh, what is it, many of the afflictions, out of every affliction. We may be tried a little bit for the safety of our own salvation, uh, but the Lord delivers us out of them. Lion lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal with truth are his delight. God, listen, practice saying, telling the truth. Sometimes you don't want to kind of tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, but it's a better thing to do because God really does love us when we do. And to, to have God's love in, in over me, is, is much better than whatever little tiny momentary temporal benefit I could gain from telling a lie. And so 25 says a prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaim foolishness. You know, um, yeah, you, you're not telling everything that you know on somebody else. You just kind of keep it in there. You know, if you know it, keep it. Especially if, if you think it's, it's uh, going to be um, what is it? Food for food for blabbery? Because <laughs> as soon as you tell a thing, I am tell you if it's juicy, folks are going to tell it. I say just just keep it to yourself, right? And and let it let the Lord handle those things that are are to be handled. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. So we talked about this this morning. The diligent person will increase in his stature with other men. And by bearing rule, I think it means he becomes a leader. I really do. A prudent man, uh, I mean, the hand of a diligent person should bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. And I often say to the Lord today, Lord, I'm so sorry I didn't just study harder, you know. Um, I kind of had a natural sense about many things and I didn't learn to study really until I went to college. And that, after I had stopped and went back, you know, i gone back to school, that's when I finally figured out how to study. Because most of my learning was based on my uh, ability to recall and and to, um, to recall. That's what it was, you know, and then my natural ability and affinity for certain things. So I didn't really study really until the last three years. You know, I studied uh, through through college that those last uh, two and a half years and then I, I studied again in the master's program a little bit but to study is so good because you, you gain knowledge and when you're in Christ the knowledge um, God gives you the understanding of the knowledge and how to apply it but you also get a little clout in the world and you're able to be in the place of influence and who better to influence society and communities than we who know Christ, who are instructed in the ways of what? Wisdom, exactly what we're doing now. It's wise to care about other people. It is wise to make sure that other people are receiving the uh, good knowledge that they too may have come to understanding and live more peaceably with uh, our fellow man. There's something like this is, you know, don't, don't be, don't be mean to your neighbor because he dwells with you in peace and safety. So we don't just, you know, we teach our children all those um, little uh, sayings that would be all on the board throughout our school, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, all those little adages and and uh, quips and quotes uh, were, were the shaping of our minds. And so for those of us who had it reinforced, it became a part of life. So often I I meet and talk with people who said I just wasn't raised that way, right? And whatever you were not raised in, it's hard for you to let go, I mean, to to participate in. And what you were raised in, it's hard to let go of it. Remember the proverb, raise up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. That's right, because it's embedded in you. But you have to take the time to make sure that the child is being raised in righteousness. Not like the man who curses his little child out. You know, I don't know what else he was teaching the man, but that day, in that moment, what he taught that child was to be petrified. To be petrified and to respond out of the same spirit that that man was responding to him. So we must be mindful and, and careful. Um, uh, let's see, the uh, verse 25 says, Heaven is in the heart of a man, makes it stoop. But a good word makes it glad. Well, we've said it so far, absolutely. I'm telling you, heaviness in the heart makes, just bends you over and over and over. And Gabs, I I was said when we first started uh, reading one of these chapters that it it sounded as if uh, Solomon had begun to stoop, like he was in, he was sad, he was bent over. That's what sadness and pain, you know, and the burden. Of things that have gone wrong or not right makes like you do. We we have a heavy heart. We we stoop. We bend. We fall down. You know we are immovable almost. We lose mobility, um, and but but we don't have to be that way because a good word makes it glad. And I wouldn't say my dad was sad when I would walk up, on, up to the house, you know, our, our family home there, he would be sitting on the front porch and I would walk up and he would just be in deep, uh, contemplation of some sort he didn't necessarily look sad he just looked detached and I would say lift up your heads so ye gates and be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors that's what I would say and he would raise his eyes and the big my father had the most beautiful smile my father was a beautiful man and he would just smile the brightness that would come across his face I think that is an example of this you know not that he was in heaviness of heart but I don't know what he was in I just know he was in deep study And he sat there many days alone on that front porch. He was pretty old by then. He was probably 93 or so and um, not feeble at all, but he may have been contemplating his own life. And the word of God spoken to him caused his heart to lead with gladness and from, he would get up and, and come around and, you know, follow me in the house and we would sit down and have a good old time or yeah, he always uh, offered you something. My father was very hospitable that way and I really do love love him. I love the memory of my father. Thanks for the very timely teaching okay um, and obedience, honesty, right choices, seek God and delight. In the, oh goodness, that is a sermon all in itself. Don't lose that title light touch, honesty, seek God and delight in his will. I'm telling you, this is a beautiful thing. You know what? It sounds like you have to work to delight in his, in his word. And and to a degree you do, you have to put forth the effort to get to know his law, to get to know him because he is his law and he alone could fulfill it in the person of Jesus Christ. And we are the benefactors of him fulfilling that law because no condemnation follows us because we follow him. Glory to God. I could really give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I am the redeemed and God already has reckoned me to be his child, fully formed. All I do is live it out. And when the day comes and we stand before him in the judgment, I will be received. This I know. This I know. Glory to God, because you see, it is not of my works, lest I would boast in them. But it is the grace, mercy of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is a beautiful picture of the love between a daughter. Oh, yeah. Okay. And his father. And let me tell you that same thing. Reverse that. That is God speaking to us. When I am in deep contemplation over my particular circumstances, whether they be present or old or whatever, the Lord's word comes in and it lifts me up. And the smile on my face, just like right now, I am the redeemed. I know it. Thank you, Father, for all the goodness that you have imparted to me. You have given me much more than I ever deserved. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And verse 26 says the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces the neighbor, you see. Oh my goodness, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. Now that simply means I believe that we are living in a whole, you know, we got this whole world and all the community and within our community, there are not many who are righteous, but the righteous that are there are more excellent than the whole of that that is not right. Um, when the, the when the righteous rule, the city rejoices. That's a proverb. We we read that. When there is a righteous rule, and there's not one person here, whether you believe in God or you don't, there's not a, a time when righteousness has not been in, bestowed on the masses that you didn't rejoice. I know I did. When a when a good thing happens in government and it impacts good for the nation or you know, for the community of people. We rejoice in that. That's why we vote. We're trying to get that person in who will do the right thing by the most people he can do it by, right? We will rejoice in that. Uh, and that, Eric, that is excellence in that. But the way of the wicked seduces, it draws people in. We've seen this happen in our, in our government. We've seen things that seduce people and make them do what is not right. And it they seduce masses of people, right? You read a philosophy or you think, you know, I studied sociology and we look back at all these, um, uh, what are they called? Ooh, philosophies of government, right? All of them. And when you read it on paper, it sounds really good, but the practice of some of them is so really wretched and bad that millions of people have been killed in the name of these particular uh, kinds of government right and and they and they don't work but they keep trying it out they just keep trying Oh, glory to God. Okay. I've lost sound. How long did you lose it? Wow. I'm sorry. I put my hands over my phone and did hit that microphone. So everybody lost it. God is good. God is good. I welcome every one of you tonight to Wow, What a Show. And thank you for joining us in this studio. I see a, let's see, SNMP b p z g b (laughs) uh welcome welcome light touch reams welcome fresh in spaces welcome um and did i read everyone's oh tony you know how glad we are always to see you thank you so much for coming thank you thank you thank you god is so good and we boomerang effect oh that's that was a note from uh reams i wonder what it was i would love to know that reference And hi, mommy. Tony, you sound like my son. I love you dearly. Um, Thank you, Jesus. I thank God for meeting us here tonight one more time. And I guess I just ought to say on Tuesday nights, we won't start till nine because honestly, as hard as I try to get out of that building, uh, (laughs) we are, are, I'm late. My family, please, coming Friday is our, Oh, really? I need the more wisdom and you got it. Tony, listen, God has chosen you, right? He has brought you to this point, to this, to this event and the wisdom and knowledge that you need, he has given you. And as you speak, he will probably give you so much more. May the Lord our God bless you in this matter and may you deliver according as he has already given you. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing in Tony's life. We thank you, Lord God, he is your your ambassador. He is the epistle that shall be read of those who hear him. Father, I pray that you will speak through him and that you will give him the exact wisdom and knowledge that he is asking for. Let him stand forth, Lord God, in the confidence not of himself, but of you and your power to deliver in the name of Jesus Christ. And we, God, shall hear. The praise that comes forward. Would love to hear it live and in person, but we're going to have to uh, sit and tell us what time, Tony. We will be in prayer. God is amazing and wonderful, and you, He's got you there, Sharon. A.M. into the studio. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much for dropping in. We're right at the end of our um, of our read and reading and discussion of Proverbs chapter twelve. May our God bless and keep us all. We're on the way out. Remember, we have dined at a most magnificent table. And in so doing, we, what? Are filled with joy and ready to just celebrate. May the Lord bless and keep you. Here we go. God bless you on the morrow, 8 o'clock with Pastor John Thomas. In all that getting, what? Get understanding. He's here to help us find that direction. 8 o'clock. And we read at 6. We will read the Proverbs tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock and come back with Pastor at 8 o'clock. God bless you. Have a really great night.